Welcome, welcome to Oops All Monsters, a deadly unserious show about creatures, cryptids, and curiosities curated by two weirdos from wild and wonderful West Virginia. That weirdo with me when I can pull him away from his interdimensional bounty hunting is Gavin. And that weirdo with me over there whose uh, face is so scarred, uh, covered by a mask, is Hess. Yep. That that that's that's me. They call me uh, old old the mangler head. Um, uh, Molly Russell's wart over here. We are here too, as we always are, to delight and edify you with tales of mysterious monsters from mythology, film, literature, TV, as well as gaming both from the box and from the console and beyond. Uh, we. Uh, each bring a monster into the shop uh, in a rotation. Uh, today is actually going to be the kickoff of our change of format. We are going to uh, shift over to a single topic format where uh, I do an episode and then Gavin does an episode. So if any of you have been listening along to the double double stuff episodes going, these are great, but damn, they're long. Uh, yeah, we agree. They're also a hell of a long uh, chunk to edit. So, if for the, for any of you that are um, toward the shorter episode preference, uh, good news: the episodes are going to be about half as long as they have been. And uh, if we have occasion to switch back to a double stuff episode format for special editions, or maybe if the show does well later on, who knows, we may we may alter things, but expect them to be single topic episodes for the for the time being. This is one of the things where I don't know if you guys are gonna notice it, but uh, I uh, I had a I was at the dentist like four three or four hours ago, so a, a, not an insignificant piece of my face is numb. So you may get some weird uh, lip action off of me. I may make some weird consonant sounds at some point. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> Reminder, the images that we are going to reference throughout the show are available on our Instagram, oopsallmonsters, at oopsallmonsters on Instagram, and it would massively enhance your experience if you jump over there. Uh, and also, our link tree is there with uh, links to all sorts of handy-dandy stuff like the YouTube and uh, other cool things. Get a feel for it. Yes. So let's see. Before we jump into villainous vocabulary, and Gavin, I did not prepare that. So if you have something in a list for that, take a oh, look at yeah? that. Oh, yeah? But okay. bef- bef- before we get to it, so this will give you a chance to shuffle your papers if you had not prepared that. Yeah. I'm going to introduce a brief, uh, a brief new entry that I'm going to call... The corrections cave in case in instances where we get something factually uh, incorrect on the show. Now, I have to say that we did not do too bad. I had (laughs) two people correct me on things, but they ended up only being like half corrections. So um, uh, where we covered the Leviathan topic, I mentioned that Meg Foster was in Cagney and Lacey. I had somebody correct me that Meg Foster did not star in Cagney and Lacey, and then I looked it up. That person was also wrong. Um, Meg Foster <laughs> did star for six episodes, but the uh, the network thought that she was too, quote-unquote, tough for the role and replaced her 
with who ended up uh, starring in the show, Sharon Gless, for the rest of the... About that. Say what? I could have swore we talked about that very issue, about her being replaced. But anyway, um, it might not, not have made important. it into so, the show. So know. we were actually, to- we were we were totally good on that, but so not important. I guess it's just me being a pedant. I don't know. It's not really a mm. correction. But secondly, uh, my friend of the show, Kevin from over at... Um, Friend, friend of the podcast, uh, po- the, a podcast called Pixel Lit, pic- like pixel literature, where they cover the novelization versions of video games. They just finished their first run of uh, what's that? Uh, Raccoon City. What's that goddamn game? Resident Evil. Uh, Resident Evil. They did the first Resident Evil book. They covered that. I think it was four. They did four episodes or five episodes to cover that whole book. Cool. And uh, show's very good. Check it out. It's Pixel Lit. Um, friend of the show, Kevin. He uh, he lived outside of Philadelphia in the region where uh, the Hesses would have lived in signs. And he said, we were <laughs> half right um, in bitching about uh, um <laughs> take the character's take on that. He said, well, the distance is actually pretty accurate in terms of how long it would take to get from the city to where they were. So Shamalam is actually pretty good on the distances. Yeah. However, because he lived like in exactly the town where it was supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, however, the no way in hell those people would have said uh, city folk. Yeah. Under <laughs> really like almost any circumstance. So we yeah. were we're basically half right. So I'm I'm gonna give us I'm gonna call that a three out of four for us altogether. I used to live of, uh, uh, where Jackson Pollock was born. And, oh, okay. Uh, that's yeah. It was real real messy. I imagine. Yeah, it was pretty messy. Um, but yeah. nobody out there said city folk at all. Yeah, I yeah. And I don't. It I, was kind of countryfied. There were a lot of um, uh, they weren't Amish and they weren't Mennonites. They were something. Uh, they might have been Mennonites, but. None of them yeah. said city folk. <laughs> yeah, and Mennonites anyway are just Amish light. They're yeah. they're they're exact. It's exactly the same thing. They're just like yeah. we 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 want to be Amish, but not quite that Amish. They're talking about pedantry. That's that's where you get the the Mennonites from. So well, we're going to be Amish, but we don't want to do it. These five things are a little bit too Amish. <laughs> I want to use a, a an an oak polished butt plug like the Lord intended. <laughs> Uh, sorry if I offended all of our Mennonite listeners yeah. in the barn listening on the um, on the ham radio. Gavin, did that give you enough time before we get into our show proper to pull something up for villainous vocabulary? Oh, yeah. Did we do... I know we did armor class, but did we do hit points or HP or that entire... No. We did, we did Thacko and we did... Um, yeah. Uh, we talked about armor class in some fashion. Well, would you like to do hit points to cover all of the bases? Yeah, if I remember correctly, hit points is the amount of times that you have to neg a lady before she will consider you a proper sexual mate. Incorrect. It's, um... Damn it! <laughs> it's, in fact, a baseball term. Uh, it isn't. <laughs> but it... <clears throat> yeah, uh, hit points is the amount of life that a character has. It's usually represented by a red bar in video games. And in Dungeons & Dragons, it's represented by all kinds of messy tallies all over the place. 
uh, just numbers written. Some people write an entire number instead of tallies, which I don't know what's wrong with you people. Um, <laughs> what's well, a lot of tallies to scrub off if you have a 10th level character? You might have 100 some hit points. You got another sheet of paper. Anyway, <laughs> hit points. Um, what do you remember about hit points in the uh, role playing game? Uh, uh, just just any of them, or you talking? I mean, uh, just any uh, of it. Just any of D and D, I guess. Okay. Um, I really have no idea why, but for some reason, I was actually tricked into clicking on a. Um, uh, my phone knows that I care about Dungeons and Dragons and games. Yeah. So it was like, let's talk about temporary hit points. So for some reason, I was actually <laughs> looking at a temp- an article about temporary hit points in D&D today. I, I genuinely don't know why. Well, good. Talk about that, because I don't know much about temporary hit points. I've always ignored and, it. It's not that it's not that important. It's just if some if some but say that you. Say that you've got a uh, you've got a warlock's a bad you got like a cleric that's like fourth level so you you got like a mid range amount of hit points so maybe you have like I don't know forty hit points say for a nice round number yeah and something buffs you up and gives you like a potion or a magical effect gives you. 12 temporary hit points on top of that it means you go into combat with those 12 temporary hit points in addition to that but if you lose them they just kind of go away and there are other okay. mitigating circumstances where they don't they don't benefit you in the long term is the is the main yeah okay so if you get wounded with temporary hit points and then lose them you don't suffer yeah a yeah they're yeah they're just gone okay really well that's is, where is the, I was is the is the simplest I mean yeah uh, you know like Matt Mercer or somebody's gonna could wave their wag their finger at me and be like it's much more complicated than that but I, nobody wants to hear that shit you, there's podcasts <laughs> specifically for that information yeah it's just the it is the mathematical amount of life that you have. Um, there's a, a podcast that plays Cyberpunk Red. That's yeah. uh, these can, they're Canadian illustrators. That it's called Dark Future Dice. I re- this is just a totally random plug. Um, their their company is called Rocket Adrift, but the game that they play is called Dark Future Dice. Is the podcast? It's a, a cyber cyberpunk actual play podcast i would i would strongly recommend it there's just three of them so it's nice and and simple in a way uh but one of the things that the uh the guy got into cyberpunk because he said one he didn't have a lot of money and cyberpunk was one book as opposed to D, which is you know reams and reams and reams of books and that's yeah pretty much always been the case is yeah. you D and D one of the reasons it thrives into the 21st century, while some other things don't, is they made a buttload of money sending you know uh, selling you the uh, 3.5 players and options handbooks and the paladins handbook and the, the <laughs> gnomes and half the gnomes and halflings book and the, the humanoid uh, the, handbook uh, yeah every possible handbook, damn the, book. Whereas the, Cyberpunk is a one traditionally traditionally been a one book game but one thing that he talks about is uh he had two reasons that he listed in this one episode why he did cyberpunk as opposed to say D&D that like a lot of his friends got into is one it was one book so if you were poor it was way easier to get into and then two 
that in D&D, the longer your character survives, the more hit points you get. It seems like you get older and more yeah. experienced and you just keep getting tougher and tougher and beefier and beefier and harder to kill. Now, in terms of armor class, which we previously discussed, that kind of makes sense to me because armor class kind of may- reflects how difficult it is to hit you. So it could yeah. ostensibly represent your experience and your ability to move in a dynamic way in a, a battle environment. So armor class improving makes sense. But uh, to paraphrase him, he said, well, as I keep getting older, I don't feel like I get any tougher from yeah. it. If anything, I've lost hit points. And I, I find that it is a very, it's a, it is a very, an area where D&D really does not reflect anything like uh, reality. Whereas, you know, something like Shadowrun or Cyberpunk, where you have a very, a completely fixed amount yeah. of alive or deadness, um, yeah. has a more authentic sense to me than accruing more and more hit points over time. So that a first level character in D&D might have five or ten hit points, whereas a uh, a 12th level character might have 100 or 150 or something. That just doesn't seem like... I don't feel way harder to kill than when I was 16. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. So, uh, so yeah. um, That is something that I'm a fan of also, because I grew up on Shadowrun. And Shadowrun yeah. had the condition monitor that decided if you were fucked up or not. Like if if And it pretty much goes from, I'm okay and can function, to... I'm injured and can still function to I am fucking dead. Yeah. And can't and it, do and a it, damn thing. And it, it never changes. It's always yeah. the same static chart. There is a, a point where it's serious and you're just kind of mauled and laying there, but you don't stay there for very long. And not very many things uh, have the damage that put you there. Like, it either kills you or it doesn't. Yeah, and, right. um, I'd, I'd say that's a pretty good representation of like firearms. Is like it's yeah, either going right. to kill you or like zap you on your ass. Yeah, and um, considering armor and all of that crap, everything's going to take you out of combat. Like, yeah, um, absolutely, pretty much. Uh, which is why in my system, in the game that I'm writing, we'll call it. Uh, I do the same thing. I have like a condition monitor. And the toughness of your character is represented by how hard it is to damage you, not by how much damage you can take. Okay, cool. So there we go. Villainous vocabulary and the points of hits. Um, And again, uh, because I I know people are bad at remembering things that are going in their ears. That podcast that I referenced is Dark Future Dice. I think they had a couple of seasons. I really recommend it. They're cool people. They're nice Canadians. Um, very, very particularly good writing from the uh, the game master of that cyberpunk game. So before we scare you off, let's transition into the monster. So transition music. So I am gonna do uh, today's uh, today's topic. And interestingly, um, uh, my b- being at the my being at the dentist and having my mouth like uh, drilled on is in a way going to thematically pull us uh, into the topic 
Um, I'm sure, and nobody has any idea what I'm talking about. Of course, yeah, what are you, what obviously, are you the way that the way that we dump these, the the, the the actual listeners see what the topic is in the title. So oh. it's not a mystery. It's not a oh, mystery to it's them. It's still a mystery to me. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. So it's only a mystery to you. That's that's. But that's yeah. also kind of like that's also kind of a feature is that you or I don't know, but the audience yeah. knows something that is, we don't know. Is it Steve Martin from Little Shop of Horrors? <laughs> uh, I, uh, he's he's funny. Um, <laughs> shooting puppies with my BB gun. <laughs> he's so good in that. A uh, little shop of horrors coming up a lot today for me for some reason. But no, it is not. Uh, it's not from Little Shop of Horrors. Um, I I told you when we were doing logistics uh, chatting that I wanted to do the first topic because it was going to be something that was relevant in the schedule. The reason I want to do the do to do the first one is because there's there's a piece of media coming out soon that's going to tie into this monster. Um, uh, th- so d- dentistry is kind of connected. Let me pull over to <laughs> a uh, a particular. Uh, image uh, or a particular. Now I got all my all my screens are in the wrong place because I had to move Discord. She had to go to the bathroom. Okay, let's see. Where did I put that screen? Um, <laughs> Gavin, are you familiar? Have you ever heard of a toy property called Big Jim? Most likely, but I'm drawing a blank currently. Okay. Uh, well, let me, uh, here, I'll show me Big Jim. (laughs) Show show me Big Jim. Did that show up in Discord? Yes. Oh, Big Jim? What the (laughs) hell is Big Jim? (laughs) Okay. All right. So that's, uh, that's, um, an image from the original Big Jim toys. You can see from the marker that they're old, Mattel properties. Do you notice anything about the the quality of the illustration from these boxes? Yeah, it looks like old Marvel. Uh, The reason that it does is because those are actually Jack Kirby original illustrations on those. Ah. Uh, So we got three characters here. Big Jim himself. Mm -hmm. Big Jim's Warpath is the next character who is... uh, Anybody can guess what... um, ethnicity that guy is and then uh the whip which i'm not sure what his theme is he appears to be a fairly brown well, gentleman a with whip. a mustache anyway but there's really cool um jack kirby box art for these action figures it's a line of mattel action figures from the late 70s early 90s that was um kind of gi joe adjacent but leaned more in kind of an adventure man James Bond kind of vibe. They were yeah. the 11 inch tall uh, format. It's kind of similar to the Batman and Spider-Man toys that Marvel came out with around that era. They're very awkward, kind of like heroic boy Barbies. You know, Barbies yeah. kind of t- tall and that like barely squishy, hard plastic. Very, very similar kind of awkward lock in place um, pop socket uh, toys. Yeah. And uh, I did not. I had no clue about Big Jim. Um, it would have been popular when we were t- teeny babies. Um, but Big Jim had a ton, a ton of 
different characters. Uh, I mean, nothing to the nothing to the extent of like GI Joe or something. They had you know maybe a dozen, two dozen total characters. There was basically B, Big Jim is just like generic guy. He's like I'm the head of the adventure, and then yeah. a bunch of people that were either um, from a different theme or uh, an ethnicity plus a gimmick <laughs> or something. There's a bad guy named Zorak. Yeah, weirdly enough, there's a bad guy named Zorak. Um, same spelling even on that yep. one. And uh, let's see, does my screen follow me? Okay, I want to... Dr. Uh, Steel. So on my screen share, I'm pulling up the particulars. Torpedo uh, Fist. I'm, I'm, yeah. uh, I'm pulling up a particular guy. Iron Jaw. Yeah, I'm pulling up this uh, this bad guy that had a, either a limited run or was only available in a specific situation. Uh, yeah. What do you notice about this this guy Iron Jaw? Can you describe the, what, what you're looking at here? Yeah, he's got parts from other Mattel toys. Well, <laughs> right, okay. So he's released in 1981. This guy uh, Iron yeah. Jaw, and it's actually I'm not. I heard. Cl- Conflicting reports of whether he was ever actually officially released or whether he was just designed and almost went to market and then didn't, or maybe he was only available in Mexico or in Italy. I'm not sure. But are there any big gym heads out there? You can confirm if you had a yeah, if you had a So we're looking at a guy here. He he looks he's he's got a real Bond villain vibe, right? Yeah. Um he's wearing kind of a generic, almost like Frankenstein's monster like black kind of suit coat, but the suit coat is missing the right sleeve because instead of his arm, his right arm is like a mechano robot, like really bare bones yeah. metal arm with a hook on yeah. the end. And then it prominently is, is displayed <laughs> is uh, a series of accessories that he apparently is pulling out of a suitcase. How would you do? Would you how would you list these accessories? What has he got in there? Uh, you've got a chopping kopesh, a matic head, um, a regular axe, a hook. <laughs> And a salad tosser. <laughs> yeah, you got a weird, you got some just weird generic, yeah, kind of like blades and, and yeah. things. There's a thing to chop, a thing to pick, a thing to chop differently, a thing yeah. to claw, a thing to hook. Okay, and he's got a almost like a mean Lex Luthor head. In this image, his skin's kind of like yeah. a, almost a Halloween, like his orange. His body looks like it is in fact a Frankenstein toy. Yeah, like. he's got big clunky boots, yeah. but uh, uh, totally pads. bald uh, Professor X dome, but like real angry gaze and big yeah. black bushy eyebrows that are kind of fixed in a ah, fuck you face and yeah, he's quite mad. notably are there any characters from uh, pop culture that um, that this guy's uh, jaw special jaw appendage reminds you of I, yeah I, if you had to... those those are parts uh, from trap jaw mm. from he-man what a yes a cl- a clear eye for he has exactly and I mean exactly the same uh, jaw construction and quality of uh, yeah. our subject today trap jaw from trap Ma- jaw. masters of the universe aka he man 
um, who's uh, at time of recording big new splash series directed and created by Kevin Smith will be out uh, at time of recording tomorrow but by time of publishing it will be yesterday or a couple of days uh, hence so we will be publishing this within within uh, near very close to the strike zone of when that comes out so um, Big Jim is actually the predecessor <clears throat> to, or rather, uh, Iron Jaw <laughs> is the <laughs> Italian limited released Big Jim feature that um, uh, basically got used in such a limited capacity that Mattel said, ah, we can count that as recyclable material and use it again when we have another toy line come up. And, of course, Mattel's real thing is they make toys, and during this era, era they made a lot of um, what would have been classified at that time as quote-unquote boys' toys. And uh, the following year, they pushed out their original line of Masters of the Universe, a.k.a. the Man of He, He-Man Toys. Yeah. Uh, and one of the primary villains... Uh, below Skeletor, in addition to uh, Beast Man, was the ever-popular Trap a Jaw. His jaw is a trap, and you can see very clearly the DNA of Trap Jaw in this guy, Iron Jaw. Um, it is so clearly a ripoff, um, but they're ripping themselves off. So there's no, there's yeah. no, there's no hard allowed to do that. <laughs> You you, you, so you made something times. and it and also honestly, Iron Jaw looks pretty cool, man. He kind of looks like a like a, a I would say a, um, a James Bond villain that never kind of like made it to market. Yeah. And it's it's said that Iron Jaw was inspired by Jaws from the 007 movies, obviously. Yeah. Uh, as portrayed by uh, a fantastic Richard Keel in the uh, in the Spy Who Loved Me, 1977, who had big, terrifying steel jaws that could rip through anything, um, and then that th- that gave them the idea for the Big Jim character Iron Jaw, which will be featured on the Instagram imagery. Oh, really take okay. a look at it because okay. it is just- so clearly. The DNA for trap jaw. So now that the the cat is out of the bag, I can get off of Big Jim. Yeah. Here. Well, real quick about Bim, Big Jim. Uh-huh. I uh, read something about him, and I was wondering why he was uh, specifically referenced as an Italian villain. But uh, uh, well, he's not he's, Italian. I think what it does his is toy, it's, his his limited the, toy run was the, yeah. The in toy Italy. only came out in a limited run in Italy. Yeah, it was like it's why like, why are you calling him an Italian spy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not not quite what that is there. Yeah, like look out, an Italian spy. It's me. Before we start reading factual things about Trapjaw, what what do you know about what do you know or think about Trapjaw? Trapjaw, God, no. my mouth. Ironically, it's not going to want to say that name this whole episode. So, what do you, what comes oh, just like free form off the dome from you about Trapjaw? <laughs> Trapjaw is weak it. for me, man. I do not remember anything, and I don't remember ever having any interest in him. Like I always had him. 
Everybody had him. So, so before I forget, uh, for anybody that's not uh, up on the cool 1982 toy stuff, is uh, Masters of the Universe yeah. as it officially is, but oh, by all the kids was just called He Man, uh, who was our your your your, your uh, famed main character was a was a blonde bar- barbarian whose toy was designed first, and then the Mattel company said, oh, let's make a whole thing about this. And essentially, the TV show was a 30-minute, or really a 20-minute yeah. commercial for the show to sell all the toys. And this was, um, although it's very cynical, it, it was a the for, kind of like the origin of this strategy. is we got a product, and now let's build up a whole yeah. comic line and cartoon show around it to sell the toy. So they had a toy, they came up with a couple of different versions of it that are like super some of them are super ridiculous the original versions of the toy before they got there there's one that's got like a robot head instead of a or, or like a, bu- yeah, a the, bullet the head protagonist design like prototype design for he-man but anyway no sense there was there was a guy with a gun head that was just like what the what the hell are you yeah, gonna do with so, that what's that story like <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, I have a um, gun head. Yeah, I have <laughs> the sex gun. Evil. It would have been <laughs> by the power of thirty thirty. Uh, it was an, a massive uh, cultural force in the early and mid eighties, at least in the United States and and, and other countries where it was published. Um, specifically, Latin America, where you just you know slap a different name on yeah. things in in um, Spanish and blam, you got a new toy. And uh, massive cultural rele- relevance. Every little boy, specifically that I knew at this time, was like, abs- "Was He Man crazy?" Yeah, I even had a bunch. I wasn't into He Man really, but I had all of them. You know, there there are upsides and downsides to the fact that I'm we're recording this right before that show comes out, so there might be huge things that we don't know yet that are going to be obvious as soon as that show comes out. So I don't even know yeah. Trapjaw is going to be in this first episode. In the in the pilot for this new show, maybe they're gonna maybe you know he's gonna turn into a totally different character in this first episode, and uh, I don't know. But we're we're being bold and coming out before the gunfires and and talking about talking about Trapjaw here for a little bit. So anyway, it's a it's a basically a Conan ripoff world that takes place in this bizarre. Uh, reality called Eternia that's got this quasi-feudal um, world that somehow has rocket ships and laser guns, but also everybody's still fighting with swords and also magic. Would, it's a little kitchen sink I would little completely understand um, the swords and stuff when magic is involved. Like, that's, that's a big game changer. Like, go ahead and have lasers, but there's magic. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, if really, if you put any more than two minutes of like logical thought into the the, the Masters of the Universe world, it really quickly unravels like <laughs> like well, I don't Rivers Cuomo's sweater. It, it just it it doesn't. It is totally gonzo nonsense. But that's one of the great things about it. You know, you've got this 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 shaved blonde Schwarzenegger prototype running around. Smacking yeah, people with a which, sword I, and I flying it's, around it's on like, little, that he's like, like personal um, rocket jets. This steward um, of an entire kingdom, uh, like this, uh, uh, he he's basically a knight, but his appearance and uh, pretty much overall attitude is a barbarian. 
Yeah, and that's and there there are different shades of that in the different versions of the things yeah. that you consume. <laughs> but yeah, obviously somebody was like, um, you know what's popular? Conan. <laughs> Conan. Let's make a little Conan guy that'll be just different enough from Conan that we won't get sued. <laughs> And uh, give him a sword and a big axe and a shield and have him whack bad guys in the face. Because you can't chop them up because this is being marketed yeah. to nine-year-olds and seven-year-olds and five-year-olds. So instead he's going to throw, take big monsters and throw them into lakes and into ravines and smack them up the side of the head with the, with the sword. He uses a sword a lot, yeah. but he just whacks you. Until they come up with, like, bad guys that are robots, then you can do anything you want to yeah. a robot. That's one of the great <laughs> things about robots. I think, Sebastian... Therefore, I am. Kill the shit out yeah, of all the robots. so many dead cares. robots uh, from eight, 80s cartoons. Like, that's why they invented the BAT, the Battle Android Trooper for G.I. Joe. Because, it's like, these G.I. Joes are shooting yes. constantly and never killing anybody. It's like, how about an android? These violent delights have violent ends. Yeah, they keep they keep they keep blowing up the special like attack tanks yeah, that they're, they're in, but then in the, out. they have to all of the all of the seven guys <laughs> yeah, that are in the tank yeah. leap out of it instantly, and it explodes. It, it explodes. So he he man's massively popular, and there is a basically there's a binary. Uh, in the He-Man landscape of, of heroes versus villains. It's not your subtle Star Trek uh, reality. It's your clear, delineated Star Wars reality where there's goodies and there yeah. ba- there's baddies. And when you're a little kid, there's no uh, confusion because you look on the back of the little mini-comics that came inside of the character when a you bought it. A wonderful thing. The mini-comic was packed inside a of it. beautiful thing that I think should come back is a miniature comic book explaining what this character is. Yeah, Aliens did yeah, that, Yeah, absolutely. Too. I'm a big yeah. fan of the mini-comics. And, um, that's all you need, really. Uh, the card on the back of it is cool. That's fine. That'll suffice. But a comic book is going to, well, make me, at least, or children who were like me, uh, buy the damn action figure and seek it out specifically ab- <laughs> above all other action figures to buy because it comes with a little story. It's already dragging you into the world of like, oh, this this guy's like this, this this yeah. girl's like that. She gets you know, she has this relationship to this character. She yeah. behaves this way. It 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 fills out a story. It pulls you into your own imaginarium, yeah. so to speak, like you said, of. Uh, of it pulls the ripcord and gets you moving on imagining that character in a real uh, a real space as opposed to just having the toy yeah. in your life. <laughs> Figure it out. Um, because also for me, the mini comics, because the, the art and the design and the stories of the mini comics really were a separate reality from the the filmation show because the the filmation show because it had to be on TV. First of all, it was extremely simplified, and second of all, it was massively yeah, dumbed incredible. down. And the art was uh, incredibly stark and basic by yeah. comparison because I, a lot of people don't know this, but the show came out on a yeah. daily basis. It only had it had two seasons of sixty five episodes, but they pumped it out in this incredible sausage factory fashion. Yeah. Where it was like bam, 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 bam. It's a it, it was kind of the um, evolution of like the nineteen sixties Spider Man, which cartoon, which everybody would know from the weird Spider Man memes of him yeah. like pointing at himself. 
and arguing, well, the reason that those memes exist from that Spider-Man show is because there were these stock cells of basically Spider-Man only yeah. did like nine things, right? Because every time he did something different, you'd have to animate a whole different yeah. p- package of cells. So similarly, He-Man and Skeletor and Evelyn and everybody, they only did like seven yeah. things each, right? And preferably, they all looked exactly the same. So a lot of the characters were just a recolor or a reskin of another character yeah. with a different head on them. Either. And so, you know, you've always got He-Man <laughs> yeah. running at the camera and then the quote-unquote camera like is yeah. between his legs or like Tila jumps in front of quote-unquote camera and then like her ass comes into frame yeah. and then she like runs away. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's these stock things that everybody does every episode because it prevents you from having to actually create any new yeah, cells for that character. The bad guys were always kind of like taken aback and shocked at something or being thrown into a lake. Mm-hmm. Like, being thrown into a lake was a big thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everybody was always getting thrown into lakes. It was like, He-Man solved most problems by throwing some terrifying yeah. monster into a lake. Um, a lot of conveniently placed lakes in that show. But the show was very, like, hee-haw, kind of almost, um, I would say, uh, Hanna-Barbera-ish in how goofy and over-the-top it was. And it was very kiddy. Like, this isn't violence. You know, Orko, the comedy... Relief, the comic relief got so much more play in the show than anybody would have ever given him in their own imaginations yeah. because they needed a comic foil, foil and, you know, Cringer the Cat, who was um, Battle Cat, also was like, oh, He-Man, let's just take yeah. a nap. Uh, it, was a, it was a lot... Th- th- that show was a lot more goofy, whereas opposed to the reality of the mini-comics... It was, was pretty brutal. ...often, like, very stark yeah. and violent. And in, a, in the origin of the mini-comics, like... Uh, Prince Adam, the alter ego of He-Man, didn't even exist. There was just... uh, Because a lot of those mini-comics got made before anybody had any idea of anything else. They just looked at the toy and handed them over to the the people to to make it and said, I don't know, take this and, like, make something cool out of it. And they did. The quality of some of the original mini-comics is fantastic. The illustration and the very limited narrative that you can put into, like, the eight pages of comic that you've got there. And... uh, and that's the things, one of the things I want to get across. But we skipped over an important point, which is that the back of those mini comics, they had to don't forget to buy all of these toys. And then each one of them would show you like the 10 toys yeah. and it'd be like encourage you to circle them to make sure you had all of them. And all of the good guys were heroic, blah, blah, blah. And all the bad guys were yeah. evil, blah, blah, blah. So, for instance, the back yeah. of this one, let me change. There you go. Uh, for instance, this is like a perfect one, original, uh, an original image of we got Manny faces, we got He-Man himself, we got Zor, which is like a, an accessory like bird with like a robot <laughs> suit on, Ram Man, Trapjaw, and Triclops. And it really, it does, it really disambiguates the goodies and the baddies yeah. by telling you Manny faces is her, a heroic human robot monster, which he's is a, like one of my he's a heroic human in all of human English robot robot monster. monster. <laughs> uh, he man is the most powerful man yeah. in the universe. Okay, great. Uh, Zor is the fighting falcon. <laughs> cool, and then it's uh, a good guy, by the way. Ram man is. <laughs> Yeah, Ram Man is the heroic human yeah. battering ram, um, who was actually my first toy from that from He Man. It's like I, think I got I Ram that. Man yeah. first, and then uh, Trapjaw is described as arm. evil and armed yeah. for combat. 
um, which is a little pun there because the joke is his arm, like the big gym toy, is um, it is a, it's a robot arm, and then at uh, past the joint, basically where your yeah. forearm would be, you can switch switch out his different accessories. He's got a yeah. laser gun, or a hook, or a claw, and uh, and. And all of those accessories, you can, like, hang them on his belt. He also was, like, a lot more complicated than the other toys in various ways because he had different points of articulation. His jaw is, like, scary, mechanical, like, like um, uh, jack-o'-lantern jaw, like, hit, moved on a hinge. Uh, the accessory arm, his belt was, like, a separate belt that you yeah. could take off. Uh, and he had this weird feature on the top of his head. Do you, yeah. remember, do you remember that? Yeah. Uh, how what how uh, how would chewed you describe on that? Because I chewed on it. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a little. He's got a stripe that goes down down. He's wearing kind of like a mo- like a badass motorcycle helmet kind, yeah. kind kind of dealy. And at the top of it is a little loop where it was show it was featured greatly in the 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 commercials for the on the TV commercials for the toys where you could put him on a string and like zip line him for, yeah. on his head. Um, which, you know, would no human, no real person would ever do because like, you know, you just tear your head off, (laughs) rip your head off. But, but for a toy, it's, it's kind of badass because he's got a laser gun for an arm. He's zip lining into combat. It's, it's, it's hella kinetic. It's, you know, it's fun. It's great. It's great for a toy. It's good fun. So you knew who was a good guy or a bad guy. If it was not obvious for how scary they were, a lot of the bad guys had like webbed feet for some reason. (laughs) And Triclops was top two or three of yeah. the bad guys. He is apparently number one in all popularity amongst the baddies, except for, of yeah. course, Skeletor, who's Triclops the main baddie. He's always the best conniving. swordsman in the universe. And um, I know a lot about Triclops. Yes. Um, he's from another dimension. Skeletor summoned him and enslaved him. And he doesn't want to fight anymore because he is the best swordsman and he's, like, yep. regretting being a combatant. And, like... Yeah, he doesn't want to yes. fight, but Skeletor makes him fight with evil magic, and um, he can see everywhere. Triclops uh, officially is evil and yes. sees everything. <laughs> and this uh, and this theme of Skeletor um, enslaving reluctant baddies to to work for to work for him, kind of as indentured as indentured yeah. servants, um, it it, go, it it's it used a lot uh, <laughs> because. So, do you remember the original mini comic that explained Trapjaw? It was called The Menace of um, Trapjaw. No, I only really remember Triclops. So, uh, The Menace of Trapjaw, and you'll notice a couple things immediately about this cover is, for instance, uh, Trapjaw does not look right. Uh, for one, he's green, <laughs> not blue, whereas he's canonically blue. But in his introduction, he's kind of this like uh, glow in the dark, day glow green color. Um, and uh, he also, in this, in his original mini comic, he's an interdimensional bounty hunter that uh, that. Like Skeletor is going to another dimension for some other unrelated business, and then accidentally lets the lets this like psychopath who's running from the authorities of this other dimension um, through into their reality. So he's not even from their reality. And then the dimensional door somehow puts Trapjaw into Castle Grayskull, where he is imbued with Castle Grayskull's in, in, incredible magics. Huh. 
and he starts totally running amok and he's going to kill Skeletor and kill He-Man. They're like, oh no, by our, our, our we must combine our powers. And they take their two symmetrical swords and combine them to create the uber sword of power to, to smash the connection that Trapjaw has with Castle Grayskull and then knock him out and and then Skeletor evilly picks Trapjaw up and then opens a dimension door and says, like, I will take him away and enslave him as one of my minions or huh. some such Michigas. And so that's how uh, uh, that's how Trapjaw ends up being uh, Skeletor's, Skeletor's minion, at least early on. And then that gets retconned way later when... You know, there's been all of these, uh, maybe half a dozen reiterations of toys and cartoon shows and yada, yada, yada. And then so in the 2000s, um, there were comic book series. That specifically, there was the, Mo, the Masters of the Universe Icons of Evil number one comic book in 2003, which did a backstory explaining the, a, a new origin of Trapjaw, where... He's a guy named Cronus, and both he and Keldor, who is... And he, they're from the same race. They're Gar, G-A-R. Keldor and Cronus are both Gar. They're blue-skinned people from another reality that get dropped into Eternia f- for, you know, in a way that you would not <laughs> expect. But anyway, they are actually on the same side in Eternia trying to defeat He-Man or Hero or, you know, he, the, the people, the prototype He-Man like the pre-He-Man character. And um, they get... Are you seeing the graphic novel thing that I have up? This Cronus character, he works for and with Skeletor for a long time. And then he gets ambitions. He says, "Ah, I'm going to... I should be in charge, Skeletor. And Skeletor banishes him out into the wastelands of of old scary Eternia that's that's covered in roving like nightmare tribes of like yeah. maniac people and then Cronus takes over a bunch of these tribes and becomes like a huge warlord and comes back to take everything over from Skeletor and then Skeletor gets into a one-on-one fight with him and <laughs> messes him uh, up it gets like really down to the wire and then Skeletor like blasts his yeah. face like off with his uh, s- staff of 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 havoc is what that staff is officially called with like yeah. the ram's horns and it like takes his all it takes everything it's kind of red skull style like nukes his face which is why his face is now green rips his jaw off which is like super gnarls yeah. barkley and also d- like obliterates yeah. his right arm so it gives you this uh, origin for him being all jacked up and wounded and then after this, uh, Skeletor says, "Like ah, take him away and fix him up." And I've you know I've heard it reported different ways that either Triclops goes and 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 builds all of the machinery to fix him, or a different character does. So somebody can correct me about that. Who it is? Um, but in in this reality, Triclops, in addition to being the greatest fighter, is like also a massive like mechanical <laughs> genius and inventor. And so. Uh, he comes back a few pages later, um, and he's got the the gnarly the gnarly jaw and the super scary like mechanical claw arm, and he says, "No, I am not Kronos. Now I will be known as Trap Jaw." And he's you know all graphic novel scary, and ta da! There you go. So you have these two different origins: you know, the one from the mini comics, 
and then you have the one from the, the 2003 Icons of Evil graphic novel. Whichever you want to do with, you know, whatever you want to do with that, that's, that's fine. You, it's your own personal trap jaw related <laughs> beliefs. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to judge. Personally, I really like the, the art of the original mini comics, and I also love Basically, if there is a, a discrepancy in the version that they do in the in the the way that a character looks in the mini comic, I like the mini comics better in every single case. I think He Man looks cooler. I think Tila looks cooler um, with like the long hair and the white bikini. I think that this version of Trapjaw, who would later get repackaged as quote unquote a different character called Ironjaw, <laughs> who is not coincidentally the same name as the character from Big Jim. Uh, so, so Mattel has done this thing where if they have this kind of discrepancy between different pieces of media, aka the mini, original mini comic and all of the subsequent versions of Trapjaw, etc. They will, you know, and for instance, there was a character, Zodak. Do you remember which one Zodak is? He's the guy with, like, the weird bug helmet with the black eyes who's kind of like a yes. cosmic enforcer. I remember Zodak. Do you remember Zodak? And, and, he, and he, he was a weird combo because he kind of actually wasn't a good yeah. guy or a bad uh, bad guy. He was like a, he was kind of like a space paladin enforcing the balance yeah. of reality itself. <laughs> well, at different points... So in different different media, Zodak was a little darker skinned and Z O D A C, and originally he was a little lighter skinned and was Z O D A K, and so what Mattel always does is like, well, our job is just to sell gobs yeah. of plastic to people and now that all these people are like 40 and have a bunch of money well we're just going to say they're two different characters <laughs> entirely and one of them is kind of like a like a black dude and they're from a race of these people that are from a different reality altogether that that do this kind of business and one of them zodak with a c one of them zodak for a k and now they're two different characters and we're going to give you one that's going to be worth four hundred dollars that you get from some Comic-Con yeah. somewhere, right? Well, they did, the same, they did the same thing with Trapjaw, where they said, okay, well, it wasn't that we just kind of, like, shovel, shuffled all this out the door, you know, hastily and didn't have anybody come up with a plan or what means what. It's actually that these are two different characters, and maybe, you know, there are a lot of different Trapjaws, <laughs> and they're, they're kind of like 007s. So this guy Trapjaw, he's a different guy than the guy that Ironjaw yeah. is, right? So the the psychotic interdimensional bounty bounty hunter, it's a totally different dude. He's got green skin and he, he wants to kill everybody and his name's Ironjaw. Cool. So you'll see you'll see different versions. Um, I'm actually for sure ordering the Funko Pop of the uh, Ironjaw version, the mini comics version cuz I uh, this this show is going to is going to kill my bank. I'm not a big like digging up toys for my childhood properties and buying them person. I, I'm very, I have my own issues with hoarding toys, so I, I do it very, very <laughs> slowly. I get like two, I get like two toys a year. I'm not, I'm not one of these, one of our friends who's got like 35 of them in a, in a big display case. Or 3,500 yeah. of them even. So anyway, uh, you know, Trapjaw is... A bunch of different things. His origin is, it could be this, could be that. Maybe he's an inter interdimensional bounty hunter, but he's always kind of a second or third under the big scary baddie Skeletor. And um, there are certain, for, for whatever reason, the the creators of the various versions of 
masters of the universe, uh, say that Trapjaw is by far the most popular second string character. It, after He-Man and Skeletor, Trapjaw is just super fun. And I think there's a few reasons for that. Um, one of them being, like I mentioned, the the toy has an intense amount of playability in comparison yeah. to the other toys. A lot of the Masters of the Universe toys would have certain like play aspects built into them. You'd have a He-Man that like punches yeah, with yeah. like caps built into his back, so it like pops. You'd have like a, a, a Skeletor version with a snake blaster Skeletor with a it would shoot Shoots the, a, have snake. a snake on his uh, <laughs> a dragon dragon on his back, and it would sh- spit water out of it. You know, you've got all sorts of these various different iterations of like fancy versions of yeah. Kung Fu grip, right? So, uh, and, and, but Trapjaw was one of the first ones that had a bunch of that shit built into him. You had the yeah. grappling hook thing, you had the different versions of the arm, you had the jaw that moved and implied this really like, you know, you could use it to make him talk, you yeah. could have him bite people. He just had a, a ton more playability, is the term that they use, and interactivity built into the object of the toy than any of the other original toys. So the playability is there, and the playability also, the, what the playability does is it implies it implies character and it implies interactivity and that that this guy's dynamic. He does interesting things. He's also scary. He's just scarier than everybody else. You know, this is somebody who's mi- he's missing body parts. Why is he green and blue? He kind of looks like a zombie. He kind of looks like Frankenstein's yeah. monster. You know, there, it's just it's got a it's got a punch to it that I think is very compelling and it, it's, it's it's very strong as a villain because obviously there's something going on there that makes him dark or violent or psychotic or whatever it is. What do you what do you um, what's on well, your mind there? Yeah, Trapjaw, I remember playing with him uh just that's all I did. Like I I guess that he put me into some type of stunned uh imagination quagmire because there was so much to do with him. <laughs> uh because uh, like I said, I d- I never I don't really remember any um imagination epic that I featured him in. Uh, like like other characters, yeah, but right. I do remember just sitting there and taking his arm off, putting it back on, taking parts of his arm off and putting them back on, taking his jaw off and putting it back on, <laughs> chewing on his head, and like <laughs> all kinds of stuff. I definitely had a good time with Trapjaw. I didn't. I'm not saying I hated the toy. I just didn't really. I don't really remember any um, story <laughs> things. I was too busy playing with him. <laughs> well. Well, yeah. it was the '80s. All of us had a good time yeah. with Trapjaw. Uh, I don't know what that I don't know what that would be a euphemism for. Well, um, a good time with Trapjaw. I don't know what the I don't know what that would imply. A good time with Triclops. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's that's I I don't know what I don't know what pulls having a what hard experience with a heroic with human robot monster. <laughs> In 1986, <laughs> yeah, behind, behind, yeah, behind Maris's beer store. <laughs> now that we've escaped our first menace, dear readers, we invite you into the apothecary, that den of rare and obscure balms, salves, powders, and oils derived from the exotic serpents 
clattering critters, and acrid arachnids where we do our most shadowy machinations. Our friend Jeremy keeps dying in the dark putrid dungeons one player character after the next, like moths to the flame, whether it's crushed by a cyclops, didn't get his mage armor up in time, or was incinerated by his own divine light, Jeremy finds a way for his piss wizard to perish in the first round of combat. So here we are to ask you to open your coin purses, help pitch in just a bit to defray the massive cost of all these dang healing potions we need to keep Jeremy crawling through the dungeons. If you want to support the show on an ongoing basis, you can check us out at patreon.com slash oopsallmonsters. That's oops with two O's. Or you can make a one-time contribution to the Apothecary's Health Potions for Jeremy Fund, which at most levels will get you a shout-out at the top of the show, if you're into that. If you're not, we can give you a sweet and scary pseudonym to keep your dark business under wraps. So you can toss a coin to us at paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters. Again, that's paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters. And in every case... Oops is with two O's and no punctuation, just like Tiamat intended. Hi there. My name is Douglas Raffensperger, and I'm a CEO and founder of Douglas's Cutlasses. Have you ever found yourself in this situation? You've just gotten home from a long day of spurring growth at your small but thriving business. You're just trying to slice some quality deli meats and cheeses for a relaxing snack and suddenly there's a mysterious intruder rummaging through your garbage outside. What's a domestic disruptor to do when you get in a pickle like this? Pull out your handy-dandy, short-handled, half-guarded navel sword, that's what. Here at Douglas & Cutlasses, we've got every possible cutlass for every conceivable scenario. Are you an aspiring or current CEO of a Fortune 500 company? I've got a cutlass for that. A middle school teacher struggling to maintain discipline in the classroom? I've got a cutlass for that. Looking to add a little flair to drab dinner parties? I've got a cutlass for that. Some people say to me, but Douglas, I'm not a pirate, privateer, or sailor. What do I need with a battle quality 27 inch half guard naval sword? I'm so glad you asked. Here at Douglas's Cutlasses, our research shows that the vast majority of conflicts, both business and personal, can be positively affected by the introduction of a modest, well-crafted naval sword. So let's get swashbuckling. No matter what's your problem, an easy-to-wield iron forged cutlass is probably the solution. So once again, I'm Douglas Raffensperger of Douglas's Cutlasses. Come get stabby with me. Please go to paypal.me oopsallmonsters and make a payment there. And that's oops with two O's. Again, that link is paypal.me oopsallmonsters. Trap jaw, trap jaw. I do remember this. He had eyes. Um, a lot of the villains uh-huh. that uh, scared me, or not really scared, but made me uneasy, didn't have eyes. Um, like for example, yeah, for sure. also the Ninja Turtles didn't have eye have eyes, and I hated them. I hated the Ninja Turtles because they didn't have <laughs> eyes. And yeah, whenever I, I first got you them, know, turn, it was I'll, yeah. When I first got the Ninja Turtles, it was Christmas. And I had gotten all of the Ghostbusters and all of the Ninja Turtles, and I didn't know what they were yet at all. The cartoon hadn't replaced Ghostbusters yet. Uh And when the cartoon did replace Ghostbusters, I made the Ninja Turtles ghosts, and they had to be busted all the time. Because how dare this weird, (laughs) eyeless, screwy thing 
take over Ghostbusters time slot. I hated that so much. And But eventually, of course, I fell into the Ninja Turtles hole, and I loved them, and I had to have all of it, even the trash can-headed idiot toys that didn't make any sense. <laughs> they, a lot of the, yeah, the ghost, the ghost, there were some really hilarious ghost toys from there. But, um... I I I'm I was totally the reverse with the Ninja Turtles. I don't know why the blank eyes worked for me. And then later on, when they would do like you know Cowabunga He Man or Cowabunga like like cool Hawaiian yeah. shirt versions that did have little black dots in their eyes, they unnerved me. <laughs> I I can't do them if they have little eyes in their eyes. I can only do it when they've got the weird like ghost shape. I for some reason it just I don't know why it works for me. It's like um, it's like Betty Boop kind of. <laughs> yeah. You're like why is that? The way that looks, because it's nightmarish. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the it's kind of like the little Fallout guy, the little the little blonde dude. What's his name? Small Fallout Jim. Jim Vault Forskin. Boy. Oh my God! It's Vault Boy. <laughs> well, it was too, yeah, it was too obvious. Jeez. You sure? Are you sure? Sure, his name his isn't name Thunder is Punch. Thunder Punch. Uh, his name is Ballington Car Barker. <laughs> his name is Burlington Coat Factory. His name is <laughs> His name is Buzz Sawhordak. It's Jarmelson Karnhan Winbiniwithwa, and he's Welsh. <laughs> okay. I've been doing that a lot lately. Hashtag Welsh nonsense. Yeah, Ben Winniwithwaybenhanewangwewengulliwadwath. Real quick, I'm going to see how quickly I can crank through the names of all of the original uh, Masters of the Universe. Uh, Holy crap, uh, here we go. You want to see how... See how qu- qu- see, yeah. see how fast I can do it. Okay. Battle Armor He Man, Battle Armor Skeletor, Beast Man, Blast Attack, Buzz Off, Buzz Saw Hordak, Clamp Champ, Clawful, Dragon Blaster Skeletor, Dragstore, Evil In, Extendar, Faker, Fistor, Flying Fists He Man, Grizzlord, Dark Brown, Grizzlord, Light Brown, He Man, He Man, the Wonder Bread Mail Away Exclusive, Hordak, <laughs> Horde Trooper, Hurricane Hordak, Jitsu, King Hiss, King Randor, Cobra Khan, Leech, Man at Arms, Manny Faces, Mantena, Mechanic, Merman, Modulock, Mosquito, Mossman, Multibot, Ninjor, Orko, Prince Adam, Ramman, Ratlore, Real Blast, Roboto, Rockon, Rotar, Scareglow, Skeletor, Snakeface, Stout Spout, Sorceress, Spikor, Squeeze, Stinkor, Stonedar, Stratos, Stratos, Blue, Stratos, Red, Cyclone, Tila, Terror Claw Skeletor, Thunder Punch Man, Trapjaw, Triclops, Tongue Lasher, Twistoid, Too Bad, Webstore, Whiplash, Zodak. Somebody turned that into a, a, a trap rap, why don't you? And that's not including the fucking weird ass yeah. dinosaurs and dino egg yeah. bullshit. Uh, and the vehicles. And all the fucking, not including Blade, Gwildor, Sorod, yeah, the Slime Pit, Snake Mountain. Man, speaking of the Slime Pit, first of I all, remember, remember the, the slime, slime Pit? It was like a play, oh, yeah. so it was a play set. Well, it's hard to not remember it. It was like a play set that was like uh, a dinosaur, yeah. like skull, and then a dinosaur big, like, like stone hand that would like clamp a character in place. And I still have my like little kid t-shirt. Featuring like Stratos trapped in there. Not Stratos, it was Cyclone, I think. Or Roboto. I can't remember. And he managed to save him from the slime pit. And you would like pour this like uh like Ghostbusters slime gook into it, and then it would like ooze down all over the guy and get him. I I know that had to be some middle like 
middle-aged guy's sexual fetish was like, I'm going to turn this into a children's <laughs> toy. It was like just pouring goop on the on the good guys. Like that's such a weird, it's a weird thing to come up with, bro. I don't know. So why'd your mind go there? Also, it like got that gook like all like goop all over your toy, and it didn't come off. Like it turned into this flaky, crappy slime stuff. The Ghostbusters house. Um, I was told constantly mm-hmm. over and over again, it's too expensive. Can't buy you that. It's too expensive. Um, it wasn't too expensive. It came with slime. And my oh yeah, yeah. slime my, was my like my the mother main did thing. not want slime all yeah. over the carpet. So that's why. Yeah, well, you were well. I could tell you for a fact, slime did get all over yeah, our carpets. Yeah, I never I got anything with slime. Sli- I was big into sliming everything. Um, yeah, I always too expensive. I mean, it like, <laughs> yep, yep. No, I sir. I mean, you remember I had way too many of the, that yeah. style of toys, and I had a ton of those yeah. real Ghostbusters, and. Um, yeah, that slime got everywhere it should not have gone. <laughs> yeah, it did. And it it really did fuck up your carpet. So it turned into weird, like <laughs> dead, like like murder, like vomit, vomit bile, yeah. like death scenes. Yeah, it it looked like it looked like a mouse had basically turned into like yeah. acid bile, like all sorts and it, of different and it, places. It rotted room. too. Like it had some kind of weird plastic mm. rot. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, super supernatural, yeah, super like great. A completely synthesized, um, uh, uh, like necrobiotic cycle that <laughs> that is all uh-huh. synthetic. <laughs> okay, so some other things about uh, some other things about Trapjaw uh, that I want I want to bring up. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. Uh, tell me if yeah. my screen yeah, see these guys. populates here and you can see this. You can see this. Yeah, see there's this a dude, bunch of cosplaying cosplay trap jaws. That guy looks great. Uh, incredible <laughs> trap jaw. That guy, that guy, that guy, that yeah. guy crushes. Yeah, he's uh, Bustamante. Alexi, I believe this guy's named Alexi Bustamante is the guy that does this really iconic version. That's uh, it's kind of like a zombified take it's on it. Pretty it's damn good. good. I mean, it's ton of work. Ton of work. Um, but one of the reasons that I think that uh, that I think the trap jaw that is interesting, and I'm curious if aspects of this, either by accident or by good writing or whatever, are maybe going to come up in either the Kevin Smith series that's coming out right now or or something else. Is I think, uh, and of course this is a total accident, but um, I think that that. Trapjaw, in a way, but by being, and what he is is he's a cyborg, right? Like he doesn't have AI in him or anything. But you don't have to yeah. have you know you don't have to have a computer brain to be a cyborg. A cyborg is yeah. someone who has robotic elements integrated into their biological person. Yeah, right? he's augmented he's, in a way that is robotic more than cybernetic. I would call it yeah, robotic. Sure. He's kind of like yeah, he's kind of a a a low tech cyborg or like yeah, a steampunk cybernetic cyborg. Cybernetic is different. Cybernetic is like integrated into your being. Um, robotic half robot is what this is like. Just right. a system of hydraulics and everything literally strapped onto you. Right. That you control with some type of means. Like, uh, right. Yeah. So, uh, what, you know, whether he's a, a cyborg or a proto-cyborg or whatever yeah. it is. It's still it, a cyborg, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. just a very... He's in a one corner of the cyborg chart, we'll say. Yeah. 
And, but by being a very early cyborg, um, and uh, he's somebody who has been uh, wounded and reorganized via technology. And in a way, he's actually become a lot more relevant in the 21st century where we are on a path to all becoming cyborgs. I hope so. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, you know, the, I, and of course, a lot of people are going to, a lot of granola people are going to be resisting that. A lot of us are going to say, oh, not me. But, you know, that it's, it's happening more and more. Whether your, your grand uncle has a pacemaker or yeah. you're an Afghanistan veteran who has a, a, an arm or a, a, a leg replacement or anything. We're, technology is being used to replace important parts of our bodies, whether they're internal organs or extremities or joints or what have you. Or if you have a technology that lives inside of you and does some kind of work for an organ or for your brain. We're all becoming more... Uh, cy- uh, cyborgy, more robotic, more like Trapjaw, yes. whether we like it or not. Um, and go ahead. Oh, okay. Anybody, um, any uh, say particular billionaire who funds his own stupid projects, if they're listening, I will willingly uh, run the prototype for Data Jacks. If, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> So and, uh, you're saying you're volunteering to have an, an in to have an, in, in, in in out port into your skull or neck yeah, that will a, interface an with incredibly your... invasive surgery on my brain and skull to plug me into a computer. If you think that you have that solved, and you need somebody to test it on, I'll do it. <laughs> okay, you heard it here first. We broke news here on Oops All Monsters. Gavin is a willing data jack guinea pig. Yeah, uh, get, get on it, uh, trillionaires. I'm your huckleberry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. So, so I al- although it may be it may feel like a stretch for this this silly piece of plastic based off of a James Bond villain turned into a toy to sell to 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 Rugrats in 1985. The I think in a way that Master of the Universe did. Um, particularly Masters of the Universe, really normalized having um, having appendages replaced by tools. <laughs> now, let me give you examples because it's not just it's not just Trapjaw. Tra- you got Trapjaw with his u- utility tool arm, which is his right arm, by the way. So, assumably, it's probably his dominant arm. Yeah. Um, but additionally, and it's not a tiny list here, but these characters, to some extent also have like alternative limbs in the masters of the universe uh world and that's not it's not including sheer i just went through he-man you've got fisto duh who by the way is named fisto so we'll yeah. maybe get to that later spike or who has kind of like a weird punchy trident thing yeah. for a hand yeah. <laughs> jitsu who is the evil asian version of fisto which yeah he's kind of like a, good, a fisto but, a, but with a chop yeah. instead of a punch but evil and Asian. Coincidence? I, oh, uh, is, is he evil? Yeah, f- he's the evil Fisto. Oh, what. I thought he was a good guy. Okay. No, you, nah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jitsu, not a great look. Uh, b- multibot, so, but multibot is in the kind of more in the category of like the total cyborg characters, so it, you know, it's yeah. a little bit of a stretch. Um, Roboto, in addition to being totally robotic, except with, like, maybe a human heart, question mark. Um, yeah. He also had a, an, a, um, an interchangeable appendage 
that was kind of an adaptation uh, out of the Trapjaw milieu. Uh, and then, obviously, Trapjaw. And then there's a couple more that are a little bit more of a stretch. Clamp Champ, uh, notably the only original uh, black He-Man. It was not an appendage replacement, but actually kind of like a tool that went over his whole arm. Uh, yeah. Clawful, and that's less of a replacement. Rather, he's like a weird crab mutant guy where yeah. one of his hands is a giant crab claw and the other one's a regular crab claw. And then you could maybe say that too bad maybe has like a metal hand or maybe it's just a, a silver gauntlet. But anyway, there's at well, least... There's, well, what about Manny Faces is a robot inside of there. Out of um, the three identities that that poor man has to struggle with... Um, uh, which one is the dominant one? One of them is a robot. I know who I am. I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. So, <laughs> but well, I mean, if you get in, if you break up in the category to being robotic people, then you it's a, it's a whole different ballgame because <laughs> MOTU is chock a block full of robot people. Um, like not just Roboto, you know, ex- is it, is Extendar like a robot dude? Because otherwise, Mechanic. how is he moving that? Like, yeah, Mechanic is is a part robot guy. Actually, I forgot to put Mechanic in there because his neck yes. is. I mean, when the neck extends, it's a robot style yeah, piece, it's, right? It's, it's got not a like, cybernetic neck. Yeah, so you got to add <laughs> Mechanic in there. Warfare. <laughs> for, yes. For, for getting killed by World War I uh, snipers that Ki- <laughs> the, the Kaiser has ordered against him. Uh, <laughs> the sniper's dream, they call him. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, you got Mechanic. You got easily seven to ten characters here that represent a category of fa- of of. of artificial limb replacement and I, I, I it seems like a kind of a weird walk or maybe a strange left turn but in a way like there's there's kind of a real thing here where um people our age uh, not an insignificant amount of them would have gone to iraq and afghanistan when they were what 2022 20, yeah um and the uh, the post 9-11 wars have a vastly large disproportionate amount of uh, limb loss wounds that are survived, meaning people that come back that have not been KIA'd that survive, but are missing an arm, missing a hand, missing a leg, missing, you know, pieces of a face, missing important organ functions or whatever, that are coming back with, with a, with, and, and getting fitted with something artificial. And I doubt that there are zero instances of um, somebody who was playing with uh, Trapjaw or Fisto or Roboto and they were a little kid and had this wildly traumatic experience and then following that had oddly a connection and a framework for it that was in this kind of like primordial soup of children's imagination where all of these characters, their artificial limbs are features, not flaws. You know what I mean? Like Trapjaw is someone that got into his position by probably... Um, you know, probably a, a traumatic incident in a, in war or battle, uh, specifically in the comic book version. Yeah, um, Skeletor fucked him up. Yeah, but <laughs> the, what it turns out eventually is uh, it's not a it's not a deficit; it's a difference. And yeah. for him, 
it's awesome. He's he's a he's a combat machine. He's in, he's got a fucking laser gun hand, uh, yeah. and I I don't think that there's nothing there that um, being able to see uh, a, a limb replacement as a feature rather than a flaw is is just total like childish nonsense. I don't. I think that there is an accidental. Um, like like uh, stepping down the staircase into a new space where you're like, oh, this is actually kind of like I got to a really good idea in a dumb, accidental, money grubbing, cynical Mattel wants to sell you plastic toys way. Yeah. <laughs> but so uh, uh, you know, it's capitalism, man. Sometimes you got to get to good ideas in crazy ways. So if somebody has a more like robust framework for thinking about their like new artificial arm, their new artificial leg, their new ar- artificial whatever because they played with um trap jaw or mechanic or or whatever when they were a kid, like yeah. awesome. That's cool. I I think I think it's fantastic. And in a world where where uh, more and more we are going to deal with being interfaced with technology, uh, oddly uh, oddly, a lot of these Masters of the Universe characters, um, perhaps the most prominent of which is Trapjaw, is like oddly led the way by 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 being bank shot off of uh, a silly um, like Conan ripoff toy that was originally smashed off of a ripoff of a of a you know. 007 idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. An Italian like a, big gym spy. Yeah. Like a Ian Fleming nightmare dream or an, yeah. a, an Ian Fleming, uh, <clears throat> like gin soaked daymare. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't want to dwell too seriously in that, uh, too long in that, that probably overly serious idea. But I think that, uh, that it's not a bad thing if we keep introducing these characters, if we continue to have characters who can be strange uh, role models for understanding a different relationship with our body, a different relationship to the idea of disability, a different idea of interfacing with technology, whether it's connecting to computer technology, connecting to ways to um, to have additional mobility, uh, whatever it is, like, this is... We're a technology-based um, civilization and a technology-based species. One of our main things is we can build shit and use it to augment our own behavior. Yeah, like, I, you know, monkeys I, can't do monkeys can't build wheelchairs. You know what I mean? No, yeah, I came to that um, came to that realization well a while ago. But like recently, I thought like, oh no, I got this depressing bird who's in a cage and somebody took away his thing to fly. And then I started thinking like, well, what's my thing? I was like, well, I use a computer constantly and um, nothing else does that. Yeah, Um, right. Only humans do that or whatever we are uses technology to um, to the point where we can go 700 miles an hour and it's no big deal. Yeah, I like that happens I, every day. I, I'm really reluctant to um, quote Joe Rogan. I cannot. 
I cannot overestimate how reluctant I am to quote Joe Rogan. I'm not going to get into it in a deep way. Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah, yeah. Just quote Joe Rogan. What it's is not it? my vibe. But there is there was something. I don't listen to a show, but there was something, some little clip that came up because you know Google does how it does, and it was him yeah. probably talking on a show. I don't know where he was complaining about. There's some stand-up comedy that he was doing. I think where. He was talking about some vegan or somebody talking about, well, human beings are the only animal that consumes another animal's milk. And, you know, his <laughs> super bro genius logic was, yeah, we're the only animals that also fly in planes. Yeah. And oh, despite whether you like him or not, there is there is a an inner logic to that, which is a we're just not like natural to a certain extent, and that's kind of what it is to be us, right? We're not going to be goats. We're not going to be orangutans. We're not going to be, um, we're not going to be, uh, you know, like sexy, dirty monkeys or apes that just hang out and eat fruit all day. How lewd! Like technology, to a certain <laughs> that's extent, that's a sexy lifestyle. Te- technology, to a certain extent, is what it is to be a human being, like. Basically, you take an ape, you shave it, and you give it language and technology, and you've got a human being. If you take away language or technology, we stop being the thing that we are. We're something else. And yeah. whether it's That's flying crazy, in planes, <laughs> it, it, was that a, was that an ironic statement <laughs> That's or a Joe, it, Joe Rogan joke? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's well, crazy. It's crazy, man. man. Yeah, but like, <laughs> so you know, you you can. And I'm not anti. I think that there are, that there are good things in in both desires to push toward quote unquote naturalism and being closer to being in the moment and you know eating raw foods and almond milk and there there's good a lot of good things in those um, impulses. But I think also you know if you want to like smoke a glow in the dark dark vape and drive a a vaporwave silver car through a neon 16-bit video game into the blade runner horizon i think those are there are also good things in in that direction and they're not not all of them are mutually exclusive it's not like you can only go in one direction look i don't know if you guys have heard about this article in the new york times about honeybees vanishing you just can't be a human without integrating technology into your lifestyle, even if even if you think that it's terrible, even if you're a total Luddite. Uh, being a human is is using technology. And, like, Trapjaw and some of these um, strange little six-inch plastic toys um, oddly reflect certain ways that we're going to have to integrate with technology as bodies and as people uh, in the 21st century. Yep. Ta-da! End of rant. All that from Trapjaw. So, <laughs> whenever you tune into the new Masters of the Universe, or whatever it's called, is it called Masters of the Universe? Yeah, it's called uh, He-Man Revelations, I think. Oh, um, really? Okay. <laughs> so, when you tune into He-Man Revelations, just uh, No, no, remember. Masters of the Universe Revelation. I'm sorry. Masters I'm of fucking the Universe Revelations. Remember that... Um, the human mind is limitless in its potential to um, repair not only itself, but the body that supports it. So, <laughs> yes. And you got that um, feeling of invincibility here on Oops All Monsters. 
yes. mostly from Hess. This was a big Hess-heavy episode. Well, that's how we're doing these. Is <laughs> That's uh, what we're going to do. No, I mean, this is a me topic. I'm going to rant more. I know. I got you it. Know. I got, it's fine. I'm not good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got... Like, have you met me? This is my thing. Yeah, yeah, it's um, good. It's good. It's good. And I've they, enjoyed they, it. And they thought that they were little girls, but in fact, they were little heroic human robot monsters. <laughs> Women. <laughs> Women. Monsters. Women monsters. Robots. <laughs> He truly was a Moby Dick. (laughs) 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 Peered out into the sunset over the vast endless ocean. Call me. (laughs) Call me ish monster robot. He truly was. Faces. A trap jaw. They truly were an Aquatine hunger <laughs> robot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Back to corrections, like mm-hmm. 45 minutes ago or something. Um, there is a mission that tells you to go and tell, kill the Death Claw in Fallout 1. It's given to you by the Gunrunners, but it's also impossible. I stand by what I said in that episode. Oh, good. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to stand in front of the stampede of, of Fallout boys that are gonna that are gonna slide into your slide into your comments section hard yeah, and fast. Uh, and, if, and you're, if you're playing raw, Fallout raw 1, dog it all day and all night. If you're playing an unmodded Fallout One, you're not killing the Death Claws the first time you run into them. That's all I'm saying. So, like, yeah. you're not a real trap jaw head. You're not even that much of a, a Masters of the Universe guy. But I know, no. you had, I know that you had them. So, but if I you, had, if I, was, I inherited Neils. Um, before seven, I only really played with like Ghostbusters. After seven, I played with GI Joes uh, exclusively, and like um, all the way into uh, adulthood which I'm not ashamed to admit anymore. It used to be a big deal that you played with toys and you were 14. Like, that would get your ass kicked. Well, also also if you were 11 and you wore both straps on your backpack at the same time, somebody would hit you with a cantaloupe on the street. So, like, don't don't judge what you do or do not do as an adult (laughs) by what 14 year olds think about it because they're 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 trashy idiots. Yeah. True, but anyway, um, I was yeah, I was GI Joe exclusive for like the majority of it, and then and then eventually BattleTech exclusive, <laughs> yeah, and then you eventually no Joe toys Gold at all. Star, yeah, <laughs> like um, and like Ram Man made sense in a GI Joe world because his legs did a thing that popped him up into the air, and so like. I would put yeah, him in the li- back of a truck. And I see. He had a little <laughs> bit of, he, had a, he had a little bit of business. Yeah. Um. I. You know. I think we're probably going to have to do some kind of follow up episode to this. Whether we eventually do another um, MOTU uh, monster or what, because I. I think it's tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I, I will find out what I think about this new show, and I will have a lot yeah. of. I, if anybody can tell, I will have a lot of think about it. Um, yeah. Specifically, and uh, here's a here's a hashtag I want to get going. We should let's we should come up with what exact you know the comedian slash musician slash creative bizarro man Reggie Watts, right, Gavin? Yes. 
Well, <laughs> I, I feel very strongly that Reggie Watts should voice the character of Zodak, the cosmic enforcer. All um, right. In, in something, whether it's this show, because... I don't know why. My brain just combined those things. I'm very familiar with Reggie Watts. I'm a fan of him. I know what agency he has in Los Angeles. Um, I think he's a great, amazing person, and I think he should be Zodak, and I don't know why. It just makes sense to me. Um, as someone, you know, he's kind of got that, like, Duncan Trussell, psychedelic, uh, you know, Robitussin trip Man, like Adventure Time, man on a cloud jam thing going on. Robo Tussin was a He Man, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, yep. Robo Tussin, um, rock on Rotar and Robo Tussin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he had. A, yeah, let's get. Yeah. Let's all get um, Reggie Watts on board to voice who Zodak. Zodak, yeah, Zodak. Zodak. Uh, with a K, with a C, I don't care. Um, let's, let's take action ha- to change the internet and all the pop culture hash- that we interact ha- yeah. with. Hashtag oh, that's, make yeah, Reggie Watts. Hashtag, hashtag make Reggie Watts. Hashtag make Reggie Watts Zodak. And we're yeah. going to spell Zodak with a K. Z-O-D-A-K. Z-O-D-A-K. Um, yeah. Hashtag Thank make you. Reggie Watts Zodak. And, um, er, you know... I'm sure uh, yep. half of a person will sign that petition. <laughs> I don't know how popular we are. I guess we're popular enough to get corrected. <laughs> so. By by friends of the show, yes. By people, oh, okay, by, by very, very intimate relations of the show, yes. We're getting corrected, or half corrected. We're getting very nicely corrected, I'll put it that way. Well, All right. I'll put it, when you're getting like vociferously corrected by basement Joshes, that's when you know you're there. You're oh, do, you're do, you know, it's a let's problem. try to get there. That's a problem. It's a problem that you want to have. Trapjaw, um, originally called David. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know this much about Trapjaw. Trapjaw is interesting. Trapjaw is surprisingly very interesting. This is. Yeah. I I'm assuming that this is going to be a pattern that is going to keep happening where I'm going to have an idea to go like, Oh, that'll be cute and contained and, um, you know, nostalgic. And I'll be like, those are the things <laughs> that this topic is going to be. And then, then I stop I, normalizing incarceration. And then, yeah. And then I gleefully walk over to my, my internet machine and go like, tap, 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 what does Reddit have to say about bullywugs? And I'm like, ah, no, they're just yeah. secret, secret, like allegory for the rape of Nan King or whatever the fuck. Like, I, yeah. I, All kinds of weird esoteric (laughs) political comparisons (laughs) to this Dungeons and Dragons monster and like the JFK assassination leading into the Vietnam conflict. Stratos and Cyclone (laughs) are a stand-in for the CIA killing Marilyn Monroe. You know, like, how did you get there? It's like, you have to see my graph. Like it's not. I I'm just I'm I'm confused. I'm, I I have, you know. I think a lot of things are going to be like the familiar. Where I'm like, okay, cool. It's in this one box game I used to play when I was nine. And nope. then like, oh no, it exploded. Dude, and then that explosion everything. exploded. And now and it's it's going to uh, be everything. Yeah. The the um the. The things that we used to like have had 40 years to marinate in everybody's imagination. And 
Um, co companies don't leave this shit alone. They want to keep making money off of it. So, like, the more canon that people come up with, they're going to gobble it up and go and pick half well, of it. one of the... <laughs> you're absolutely right. And But but also, the, the remixing of combining um, particularly two things, capitalism and mythology, yeah. because both yeah. of them are hyper-fucked up. Like, yeah. <laughs> all of mythology is full of gods turning into geese and raping people or pretending to be like their 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 spouse and doing weird non-consensual fairy sex or stealing babies and eating them like mythology is terrifying and then yeah. what do you do like well you know if we could make mythology less terrifying you know how we could do it we could like blizzard we could make it into like a a DQ blizzard with what capitalism so, yeah. <laughs> like that'll really fix all of the bad vibes. Cause you know, it doesn't have any bad <laughs> vibes. Capitalism. capitalism. So we're going <laughs> to chop them, screw them. Great. Nothing bad could happen here. I'm generally at least one thumb up about Kevin Smith. He makes some stuff I don't like, but mostly I think he's a funny, cool guy with good intentions and I'm glad he didn't die of a heart attack yet. Um, I hope I, I'm, I'm a, I am, I, you, you know, I don't have to tell you, but for our audience, I am about of a, a, as wild of an original 1985 He-Man yes, head as true. can Confirm. possibly exist. Um, I, I like, you can't even, I, yeah. the proof of the proof of it will come out, but, um, I have not even gone into a fraction of the, the, the wild, horny He-Man depths that are I'm capable of getting to. All of that to say, I really hope it's really cool. I think, I, I have not watched all of it, but I think that the She-Ra show that's been out from a few years ago oh, yeah. is actually phenomenal. I think it's fantastic. It, it, it pulls up a bunch of the uh, Adventure Time um, wackiness and, and thinking outside of the boxiness and, and inclusivity that uh, was really alienating about the original Masters of the Universe and, and Shira properties. And if Kevin Smith and company, because obviously he's not doing everything, it's animated by some by a, a whole legion of interesting people, it's written by a whole room full of people, I, I realize I, I do not buy into the auteur theory. But yeah. the point is, I hope it's really good. I want it to be fantastic. And also anybody that's going to come, anybody that has already complained about it being like woke he man and has pre canceled it because Tila is like a main character and maybe sometimes outshines he man yeah. based off of the fucking trailer yeah, don't, and actually don't hasn't do any seen of that the show. crap until you like, watch literally, it. Literally, literally <laughs> Tila yeah. was always badass. She should get to be badass in the fucking show. The character is written as like a a military yeah. leader in the original mini comics. There the the show is full of super powerful female yeah. characters and not just Shira, not just the sorceress, but if you remember 42-year-old douchebag that's going crazy on Twitter or Reddit right now about this, that in the original mini-comics, they don't thank a god, they thank a goddamn goddess in Eternia because they all worship a female deity. So, eat my woke ass till you're dead. <laughs> I I'll do agree not as, care. As the 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 non-woke part of the podcast, which would be me, Gavin, um, I agree. 
Like, don't <laughs> judge this shit until you watch it. I've, I've seen so much pre-canceling of this crap, it's ridiculous. And it's making me, um, making me want to be woke. Why don't you woke me with all of your angry, seething hate? It's, it's pissing me off. <laughs> you're gonna woke, woke me, me and I'm not gonna like it before you go go I'll probably have to carve down my woke ranting there yeah it's, the, it's not it's not even woke ranting it's anti anti woke ranting yeah you know what I mean like, yeah that's what I was trying to go for because I'm not a woke I, person and I'm also not like an anti woke wanna, person like, but I am anti like, anti woke that's annoying it's yeah, all annoying I, well, he, yeah exactly here's the thing is if you want to distill it it's kind of like a, unfortunately, there's like a you will not replace us idea that the character of He-Man slash Prince Adam has to be like, for lack of a better term, like supreme in the show. That it has to yeah. be about, everything has to be about what the He-Man slash Prince Adam character is doing and that he's the, he's, he's, a, he's a cool guy with good intentions who saves the day by throwing things into lakes and hitting them with swords. Yeah. And, and inherently, that's the most bankrupt part of the narrative of, Master of the, Masters of the Universe is that it, it, is, it is a version, it is a sword and sorcery um, nine-year-old's version of the great American myth. Like, the great American myth is a white guy with good intentions and a gun or a sword in some cases, it's going to solve everybody's problems. He's going to be alone, and he's going to smash the bad guy, and everybody's going to be okay now. And in, re in reality, we do need to be transitioning into a pluralistic sense of who the hero is. And the hero isn't just Prince Adam slash He-Man. The hero is collective effort to solve real problems. Yeah. And what that looks like is goddamn Tila doing things and yeah. Clamp Champ doing things and Orko and and fucking Jitsu Jitsu and everybody everybody from the whole panoply. You know, the the you one of the good things about having this bizarre menagerie full of characters is you can say like what like it's it is about groups making choices as opposed to one guy at the top of the good guys, one guy at the top of the bad guys, and them slamming their metaphysical dicks together until nothing happens forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we made a lot of money. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now for a segment we are calling Describing Benicio, where we talk about a particular photo of actor... Heineken enthusiast and your legal counsel, Benicio Del Toro. We used to describe Nick Cave, but that left us with such a... Um, it, it left us with a realization that eventually we're not going to be able to do that. Well, we just, <laughs> just, I just... I, did, I really didn't know what the segment was when I started it, and I, maybe I still don't know. Uh, you know... Um, but, uh, here we are, uh, with us, with a segment we're calling Describing Benicio, where we describe a particular photo of actor, Heineken enthusiast, and your legal counsel, Benicio Del Toro. Um, did, did, uh, did the Discord throw up the picture? Yeah, I see him. Okay. Oh, he's young. Yeah, I went for another <laughs> young one. Um, yep. I kind of, did I, did I zoom in there effectively? Can yeah, you see Yeah, I see it. Man, that guy's got a lot of hair. I think He's we talked about this the last hair. time. It's been a while since we recorded the last time, but God, this guy's like half hair. And, yeah. But like, it's kind of like, 
how do I describe it? It's kind of like if he you... looks good. No, he looks good. It's it yeah. kind of looks like I don't know if he's like twenty one in this. It's hard to tell, but he kind of looks like if you poured like a weird tonic on James Dean, and you're like, <laughs> hey, like. Man, yeah. my hair my hair looks even better today. But this is like day six in the yeah. uh, in the creep show like thing where you know like Stephen King's being overrun by the space moss. Yeah, and you're like, oh my god, it's like it, you know that it looks like almost a Halloween. Uh, yeah, wig. that's like that's what hair. this this looks like. Um, he is keeping his hair unkempt and it is growing out and it would be a problem for anybody else, but he just keeps looking fantastic. Yeah. And he seems to know this and he's cool about his uh, Stephen King moss taking over problem. He's been making this face for a really long time. Yeah. Like he's like this. I, that's one of the things I've learned about people is they make the same faces their whole lives and he likes making this face. Yeah. it's It's got a driver's license photo or it's got a real like... Why are you taking my? I bet this is a um, a reference photo for a very early project. Like, oh, I'm getting my picture taken. Uh, <laughs> I'm lo- his his eyebrows are bananas. You know what? You know his eyebrows are so uh, uh, crazy. You know what it reminds me of is uh, Brad Dourif in the original Dune movie. Yeah. Where they've it's all, the, where they, where all of those the guys, tats. they're not. No, they're. Are they the Mentats? I yeah. thought the Mentats were the leather jacket guys. No, the Mentats are the human computers. Pretty sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. But aren't those the guys that pull out the like pussy monster? What? No, okay. those guys are um, spice uh, guild members. They're. Um, oh, you're right. Those are the Mentats. Okay, yeah, so yeah. Men- so Brad Mentats, Brad Dourif yeah. as um, he's got a particular name. Because uh, he's a very important character in the Duneverse, and I'm gonna yeah. look, I'm gonna look like a total chode bucket if I don't know his character's name because he gets killed in a very interesting way. Um, Brad, well, are you trying Durif, to think of Piter Debris? Piter, yeah. yeah. Brad Dourif plays Piter. Um, his, his, uh, yeah, his. The exact way that his eyebrows look remind me of Piter from. The original Dune, portrayed by Brad Dourif, like he, he looks like he's just had a little bit too much of the juice of Safu right here. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, it might put my mind in motion. His lips have just not yet acquired the stains. They're yeah, in, but it, his mind's certainly in motion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't know if they would. I mean, the Mentat's got some pretty whack ass haircuts in real. I mean, yeah, in that, he, at least in the David Lynch version. <laughs> that's what we need to do. Like. Benicio del Toro, the perfect mentat. Yeah. <laughs> young Ben. I mean, if you took Benicio now and you put him in one of those like new Dune movies and and scruffed up his eyebrows and ruffled yeah. up his hair and and it, juiced it up would, his lips, it'd be a natural man, fit. he'd be a terrifyingly awesome mentat. Yeah. I mean, shit, you could take Brad Dourif again now and just make him a new mentat. I mean, I know he's old, but I don't know. I don't know if there are old mentats or not. I'm not that much of a dude. Yes. Head. There are? Yeah. Okay, I the, mean, um, th- uh, Thufir Howitt was a old mentat. Well, there you have it, folks. That there we go. Straight I out, know about the Dune. Dome. I got my Dune, you know more about my Dune, Dune brain. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, he's got, yeah, he's, Benicio's got this real, uh, yeah, I don't know, I would call it a, um, 
like a stoned Mentat vibe here. This is a very yeah. basic Hanes white shirt that he's rocking. It's a very stark photo. Uh, next, maybe next week we'll do a, a, a modern era, uh, um, yeah. a modern era one. But I don't know. There's something about these er, these young Benicio pictures are very compelling to me. He's just like he's he's so he's fun to look at at this age. I don't know. He's he's got a I can see it's 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 very much like a Cuban James Dean vibe that he's throwing out. Yeah, it's it's um really easy to see how he got cast in movies. I mean, the presence that he has is it is James Dean. Like uh it's it's cooler than um what you would expect with uh an amount of empathy not normally associated with devil may care uh guys because he could care and he does understand but there's just circumstances where he cannot (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure yeah i mean whether i mean presumably we would all hope you know this is the both one of the the features and the flaws of james dean is you assume that given you know longevity he would have had a very complex series of roles that would have had a lot more depth and and gravity you know not that his roles didn't have gravity but you know he got to play the same set of very similar characters in a very finite amount of roles where benicio has been playing things for decades and has gotten to 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 be all sorts of different kinds of characters that that are a lot more subtle than james he never got to play so yeah i i it's uh you you see, you can see where this guy was like, hey, I can be an actor. Like, look at my yeah. fucking hair. <laughs> yeah, look at my fucking hair. Was his first thing um in the Pee Wee movie? You're fucking right. His first movie is Big Top Pee Wee. Yeah, how that's did what you I pull that? I just Big Top know Pee-wee a lot of stuff. 1988 Duke the Dog Faced Boy. Yeah, I just know a lot of stuff. I <laughs> five TV series before that, and then literally his first movie. Um, you know, if you go to Hicksville in uh, in in um, the crazy desert people California, which is a uh, a place that I love. When you see photos of me like on the internet, and I'm like in a weird, trashy like trailer yeah. park in the middle of nowhere. That's Hicksville. One of the one of the the trailers you can stay in is the um, is the Gypsy, which is Pee Wee's uh, where Pee Wee stayed. It's like a little covered wagon kind of gypsy thing in Big Top Peewee. It's actually the same one. It's not a recreation. It's literally the one from Big Top Peewee. Huh. Um, it's one of the slightly more expensive ones, but it's pretty cool. I didn't yeah, stay in it, cool. but I've looked around at it. It's awesome. Uh, for your Big Top Peewee heads, go stay at Hicksville in G- the outside of Joshua Tree, California. All right. So, <laughs> cool. That, um... I love so, Benicio del Toro. Duke the dog-faced boy, which I had totally forgotten about. All Duke right, so the that dog-faced is, mentat. That has been Duke the dog-faced mentat. Oh, God. That's a hashtag <laughs> right there. Set my mind in motion. In oh, <laughs> uh, the bone of Safu. Yes. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. That was that Golden was balls. describing Benicio. describing Benicio del Toro. Okay, and that brings us to the end of our time with you, dear reader. Until next time, when we deliver you another batch of beasts, bullywugs, and bowls of flesh-eating dessert fluff. Um, yeah, if you'd be so kind as to tell a friend or 
support our cut, copy, paste, or us by throwing Oops All Monsters a five-star review on iTunes, it really does help. Also, I have a Twitch channel where I play Battletech, MechWarrior, Cyberpunk, and other random stuff. I will hop on that as soon as I can. I know I haven't been on there a lot, but I will soon. Go uh, ahead. Yep, <laughs> he's on there. He's on there. You'll find him. Uh, share an episode on your favorite social media. Hit up that Instagram each episode. Reminder, each episode for the pictures of these monsters and Benicios and other topics as we're discussing them, as we make the show. So if you uh, are feeling lost not seeing the images we're discussing, get over on that Instagram. And comment on Instagram with the monsters that you would want to see, or email your suggestions for what monsters we should cover in the most ridiculous gaming mishaps, or any gaming story at all, anything related to RPGs, to oopsallmonsters at gmail.com, and my Twitch channel is gavinlongshanks at twitch.com. Our email for the podcast is oopsallmonsters at gmail.com. And if you want to toss a coin into the potion fund, hit us up with a one-shot contribution at paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters, or if you're really froggy, at patreon.com slash oopsallmonsters. Lastly, I have to thank my wonderful friend Katie for our incredible theme song. Her work as part of the duo The Darling Kathleen's can be found on YouTube at The Darling Kathleen's. And with that, I have been Hess. And I have been Gavin Longshanks. And this has been... This has been Oops All Agatrigatable. Oops All Monsters. Oops All Monsters. Oops. Oops. All Monsters. everybody this is editor Aaron. and i just wanted to give a couple of notes on things that were in the episode that you may not have had a chance to write down while you were listening or missed along the way so one that podcast that i plugged toward the beginning that's by those cool toronto illustrators is called dark future dice it's a cyberpunk red show really really excellent writing and really fun to listen to that's dark future dice go check them out they're on instagram they're also called Rocket Adrift is their illustration company that they do together. Uh, additionally, make sure to check out our link tree for the YouTube that will have exclusive extras from stuff that gets cut out of this episode and other episodes for uh, primarily um, length reasons. I had a, a, a heck of a extra chunk in there ranting with Gavin about the prison industrial complex and more so for... Uh, more than cutting it out for content, it's really to, it's just, this episode was getting long even on just using one topic, so I wanted to uh, cut it off, and but also still throw it up somewhere so you could enjoy that over on youtube.com slash oopsallmonsters. Also, you will probably have noted that I bleeped out the name of Gavin's um, role-playing game project that he's been developing Mostly because I want to have a, uh, I uh, we want to make sure that he gets uh, some uh, full anticipation of what that's going to be when that eventually comes out. So I didn't, I don't want, to, I don't want anything to get spoiled ahead of time. So if you're, if you're thinking, man, this, uh, these, th- these guys have a crazy role playing game that they've designed. 
Um, that sounds something like something really interesting. In honesty, it's not me at all. It's a hundred and twenty-five percent all Gavin's thing. But when that is available, we'll announce uh, everything specific about that. So that's why that got bleeped out. Lastly, if our conversation um, about uh, the subject of troops that have had uh, limb loss and um, uh, artificial limbs and surgeries coming back from American foreign wars in the post-9-11 era, and that's an interesting topic where you might want to hit up a charity, I recommend Homes for Our Troops. Homes for Our Troops, if you just Google that phrase, uh, is a um, an incredible charity that 100% builds and donates new homes designed custom for the needs of troops with specific needs and disabilities here in the United States. 90% of every dollar that they get goes directly into um, creating and delivering those custom homes toward those uh, those veterans. So Homes for Our Troops, also at H-F-O-T-U-S-A, um, if you look it up that way. Homes for Our Troops. All right, have a good one.